This episode is brought to you by Hammerhead DFS. Do you love playing fantasy sports like Fantasy Premier League and want to turn your hobby into cash? Well, with Hammerhead DFS, now you can. At Hammerhead, their team of daily fantasy sports experts will create lineups for you based on extensive stats research and analysis to maximize your chance of winning big. Daily passes, season passes, they do it all. And it's not just football. They are setting lineups for golf, baseball, basketball, hockey, esports, and much, much more. All you need to do is get an account on any daily fantasy sports site like FanDuel or DraftKings and let their professionals take the guesswork out. I'll go ahead and say this. This is a service I use. I don't play fantasy sports much, and I'm not about to do the research beforehand. But with Hammerhead's help, I've seen really big returns, and you can bet I'll be coming back to use the services again. And now, for a limited time, use the offer code WITTENPOD20 for 20% off of your first lineup pass. That's WITTENPOD20 for 20% off of your first lineup pass. Link in the description below. Terms and restrictions apply to local laws wherever you're listening from. And as always, please gamble responsibly. There's a good ball played in for Tony Morley. Welcome everybody to From Witten to Rotterdam, an Aston Villa podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Eddie Montenegro. My name is Pascal. And I'm Jane Tunrahan. Uh So the way this is going to work, um, first episode, thank you for joining us. Um, this is going to be pretty standard in terms of Villa podcast. You know, we want to talk games, we want to talk transfer rumors, we want to talk analysis, all the news and clubs surrounding our beloved club. But I think one of the things that we want to do um, is also talk a little bit more and shine a little bit of light on global fans from around the, you know, the country, around the world. So, I mean, just to give you a little bit of a hint, we'll talk about it a little later. Uh, I'm living in New York right now. Pascal? Yeah, I, I'm living in Dubai. There's obviously there's a, the whole Dubai Lions scene out here. There's like a, a pub where all the fans can congregate and watch the games together as well. So that's like a real kind of godsend, you know, living in a foreign country. And obviously Birmingham, you know, you've got loads of places to go. So there you go. Yeah, it's good. James? Yeah, so I live in South Birmingham. So a whole eight miles from Villa Park. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I think a good place to start, you know, especially today recording this on Friday. Um, you know, a whole lot of transfer stuff been going through. I think it's probably the only thing we can talk about right now. There's not a lot going on. Um, actually, before we get to that, you know, I'm wearing a little kit. Pascal's is in the wash right now. James has got his retro kit <laughs> on. Um, so maybe we'll talk a little about the kit release. I mean, gentlemen, what are you thinking? Uh, I know I bought the home kit. I wasn't as thrilled with the away kit, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. But just jump in. Um, I quite like the home kit. You, you, you know, for me... I'm a bit one of those like alternate, I have those alternate views like this. I really like the one in 1819 when we got promoted, uh, the Luke Roper one. Yeah. Like, because it was just a bit outside the box in terms of like traditional villa kits. Um, but yeah, this one, it's just standard. It's got claret sleeve, uh, sorry, blue sleeves, claret shirt, the <laughs> logo. The kazoo thing's a bit weird, but you know, it's for me, just fairly straightforward. Uh, the away kit, I quite like as well. I, I agree. Um, 
I think the strikes are a bit overkill. I don't think they need to be there, but still, you know, it's still like a nice little feature or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a fairly solid kit. Yes. Yeah, I'd say the same. I think they're both solid and sort of safe kits, if you like. Um, pretty standard Villa home top, which I quite like. Nothing wrong with that. I think it um, brings back to sort of O'Neill sort of days. Uh, yeah. um, the away kit, yeah, it's it's nice. I think I'd be more tempted to buy it. The price point I don't like, but that's with all kits nowadays, isn't it? Um, I think the main thing I do like about both the kits, though, is, of, of, of course, the sponsor. I mean, I'm, I'm just pleased we moved away from a gambling company. It's just yeah. nice. You know, <laughs> every, every team seems to have to have a gambling company, um, you know, on the, on the front of their shirts. It'd be, it'd be just nice to move away from that. Um, just so it means the kids can have the same shirts as the dads and the moms, you know, which is good. Yeah. Um, we, don't, we don't have kazoo in the States, so when I realized that A was a car, my mind was like... <sighs> I, I didn't know what to do with myself for like at least five minutes. Um, it's a new company. Um, I've never actually heard of them um, until a few months ago until uh, I did some research. I, don't, I think some of you can buy cars from. Uh, but yeah, sounds all right. It's better than, uh, you know, uh, as I say, it's some, some Asian best confirmed that we're never going to use. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to, back to what you said about the kits. Do you think there's like a difference between kind of what the older fans and the younger fans prefer in types of kits? Because... For example, like my friends, like dads and stuff, they prefer like the old kind of, it has to be this kind of kit, you know, uh, claret shirt, blue sleeves, the colour has to be just right. Whereas like me, and that's no offence to you guys, I'm probably a little bit slightly younger. That's no no offence at all. I think I'm I younger quite like, Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I kind of like the outside the box kind of things, you know, a bit quirky, a bit different to what we, we usually see. I so say even as an old, even as an old man of, you know, 36, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I really like the away the third shirt, shirt from that season. That was that was brilliant. Um, yeah. So I was desperate to buy that. I've only bought it a few few weeks ago, but I love that shirt. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. There's, there's fans out there that want to see the same. But then you get fans that saying, "Well, you haven't changed it enough for me to justify buying it." So it's a, mm. it's a difficult one, really, for the designers, isn't it? Yeah. For the as the home kit, I think I like the fact that they tried to bet in some like very subtle change details like the sleeves going up all the way I, I quite like that and like a little bit of detail on the back like the kind of two-tone in the front like like they did enough to change it up in a way that I thought like made it different enough where like I, I could justify buying this year and I really like the fact that the badge is rubberized I think that's like a really really good little touch um in terms of the away kit for me like I don't know I just the only thing ruining it for me is, and this is going to sound so childish, but like the fact that the like sponsor is blue and like the lettering's blue, like I just don't think it looks good. And but like I actually love, I want to like the design so much. Like I like the fact that it's like a little different and like the neck, I like so much about it. And I'm I'm kind of with Pascal. Like I like something a little out of the box, but yeah, my my terrible taste has come to to damn me here. Yeah. <laughs> what what would you give it out of ten? For like yeah, the whole package for home and away kit, what would you, what would you give that out of ten? James, you go ahead first. Go think about that one. I'm going to go for seven, but now this is the first time I've actually seen it on someone um, apart from a player. So, believe it or not, even in Birmingham, because I'm not really going out too far, I haven't really seen it yet. So, the colour's different than I was expecting it to be. Um, obviously, I can't see it all at the moment, but um, I'm, I like it. it. It looks quite a bit more different than I thought it was going to look. So. Maybe pushing an eight for the home kit. <laughs> I had to think, 
I'm going to go, I think seven's fair. I really do like the home kit a lot. And I think the away kit will look good on the field. Like when I don't need to look at it up close, I think it's actually going to like pop really well. I think it's going to like stick out and like throwing this into my, like I might even like go up to an eight just thinking about training wear. Cause I just think the training wear looks so smart this year. Like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, wish yeah, I had yeah. money to burn. Cause I kind of want yeah, the, yeah, whole, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. The full package. Yeah. yeah Pascal, yeah, yeah. what are you giving it? Uh, I'd I'd say about seven and a half um, for like the whole package. Uh, the home kits, in my opinion, quite traditional. It's kind of what we had around ten years ago, and like the as you said, the O'Neill kind of era. And I I actually really like the away kit. I think it's it's a bit it's a bit like unique. I quite I quite like black as a kit color anyway, um, as an away kit anyway. So yeah, as you said, the stripes aren't perfect, but you know everyone has their you know preferences. But did you like yeah, the black yeah. kit? Did you like the black kit when we were in uh, in the championship? That Under Armour one. I've got one. That's all I was going to wear yeah, today. I got one too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Right. I think uh, kit, kits always look better, better if we've got a winning side in it anyway. So if we start winning, <laughs> if we win the first ten games, so I think I'll, everyone will love the kit. Yeah, yeah. If that leaked camo kit ends up being what we end up getting, I just think of the Wolves kit today. But we end up being yeah. outside. <laughs> like I think I'll be okay. I, I'm not going to complain an inch. If we're in a relegation battle, though, maybe I'll start to I'll start to feel a little different about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on, I know we kind of brought it up a little bit before, but transfers. Um, oh, God. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I mean, <clears throat> I work in schools. I'm off on break right now, so I have a lot of time to be on Twitter. And all these ITKs, as they call them, everywhere popping up. Links here, links there. The Birmingham Mail posting the same story 40 different times, the different <laughs> title, like, you know, there's a lot happening. So I figured we'd run through, but the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, kind of mastermind behind whatever transfer business we end up doing. We haven't done much. Uh, Villa appointing a new sporting director, Johan Lange from Copenhagen after Suso got the boot. So guys, thoughts on the appointment? Um, from what I've seen of this guy, I don't follow Copenhagen, but I did a little bit of research beforehand. He looks like the real deal. He buys cheap players who are first teamers and sells them for like triple the price. Now, as as a, as a club that's trying to be sustainable, that's all you ask for in a director. You know, if they're good enough for the first team and then you can sell them on for like buckets, especially in the Premier League as well, then it looks like we're going off the field at the moment. With uh, Lange and Craig Shakespeare, we're going in the completely right direction. We're making all the right moves and stuff compared to last season. Uh, hopefully the um, on-field performances match what we're doing off the field. Do you know what I mean? And we, we could be looking in for a, a very decent season. So let's see. Yeah, your mouth to God's ears, James. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, we've certainly, like, like uh, Pascal said, we've made some great appointments off the pitch. Uh, you like to think things are going on behind the scenes that even the mighty ITKs don't know about. Um, and yeah, in terms of Lang, uh, clearly he's been signed. He's been, you know, uh, signed up for a reason. He's got a great CV. Whether Villa's a step up, probably is because of the sort of money you're going to be talking in purchases. Uh, so to make profits on those are going to be a little bit harder, I'd say. Um, but I think we're looking down the, the sort of Leicester City model, which. Obviously worked incredibly well for them. You see what they've sold their players for recently, cheer well, uh, drink water, etc. Um, you know, they've made huge profits and got 
got some good years out of all those players as well. So if we, if we can do anything like that, that's absolutely brilliant. It's going to keep us in the league and it's going to get us up, up the table as well. Um, and then we can just, just move on a gear every season, you know, um, to get towards those European places, which is obviously the aim at some point. Um, yeah, we, we're spending money in the right areas by the looks of it. We're clearly enhancing the uh, youth setup, so that's, that's great. Um, you know, we're, we're approaching players from young uh, from other teams ahead of you know probably more established, better better teams, you know, Premier League clubs. But perhaps we're selling a route to the first team better than they are at the moment. Um, so it'd be great to see a couple of um, the youth players, you know, around the first team squad this season. That that'd be great, just just to show. Villa's a place to go to and, you know, to sell that dream to them. Um, but, yeah, we, we're just desperate, desperate for a first signing. I think we, we know what we need. It's, it's blatantly obvious. You know, we don't need to be in the ITK to tell, tell you that. Um, you know, we, we miss goals. We, we seem to get the defence right at the back end of last season. So, let's get some goals on the team and we could have a half-decent team, I think. Yeah. Um, just kind of on that ledge one more time. I, I think one of the things that, gave me a little confidence as well is that he had worked as a coach before he moved into the sporting director role. Like he was uh, in the coaching setup at Wolves, I think, um, before coming to us, before getting to Copenhagen. So he gets both sides of the game. He's not just this kind of like suit sitting up in the ivory tower. Like I think he has a little more of a discerning eye and, you know, I think talking with his scouts and, you know, I think we disappointed some new scouts as well. Um, I think that's going to make a huge, huge difference in terms of like, who we're finding because like I think back to the last 10 years like people like Jordan Bowery and Yiku Basila like rolling into body more <laughs> rolling out on the pitch and I just I shudder at the thought of that ever happening again so hopefully brighter days are to come but um yeah let's get into a little bit of these rumors and I think the first one on everyone's mind stuff that I've been seeing you know we just got a exclusive inbox today in our, our Twitter account about like potential movement here but Ollie Watkins out of Brentford uh championship player of the year is announced yesterday so guys um I don't know if you've seen a lot of him know a lot about him thinking about the link I'd love to hear your thoughts yeah well I remember him but obviously when we were in the championship I used to watch all the highlights of the championship games and we had the he used to follow on with the league one and league two highlights and I remember him playing for Exeter and thinking crikey he looks a talent um he scored a couple of absolute worldies in that, that league, but you know whether he's ready for the championship or not at that point, I don't know. Obviously, they signed him. Uh, Brentford have uh, they've done so well. Another great team of signing players and selling him on for profit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they've um, they, they've taken a chance on him and he's, he's worked out really well. He seems to tick an awful lot of boxes. Really, he's someone that can play at either wide side or he can play down the middle, um, which you know we just, I think we need someone in both those areas. So whether or not he's the answer. You know, as a central striker, I don't know. But that's a big ask probably going from the Championship to the Premier League and, you know, scoring the goals that we're going to need. Um, but as a as potentially on the wide left, I think that, that, that could be the position for him if we, if we get him. Um, seems to have bags of pace, which is something we certainly need. He's got two good feet from what I've seen. And I'll tell you why, he can, he can really strike a ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite excited that one. Um, I think, you know, there's... Um, People sort of have a negative opinion of championship players, which I don't understand really. Um, if we're if we're picking the best championship players, you know, that's only one. It's only, it's only a tiny bit down from where we are now. So, sure, I, I suspect they're going to be an improvement on what we've got out wide on the left at the moment. 
Uh, no, aside from Grealish, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm all for it. And I, I, what I'd just say is just pay the money and get it done, really. I, I think we can't let this thing drag on. We don't want excuses, um, you know, weeks down the line to say they haven't had time to bed in because, you know, if you get them in now, they've got time to bed in. Um, but we don't want to say, oh, we signed them the day before the season started again. And, you know, we've got to wait six weeks or eight weeks from to, to, to learn how we want to play. So, um, yeah. I think it's going to happen. Just, you know, don't cover over a couple of million pounds or whatever it is. Just, just get it done. Yeah. How are you, Pascal? Yeah, yeah I, I, I completely agree. I haven't seen that much of him. What I do know is, I don't think, I think Brentford may have been the only team we didn't beat when we were in the championship. <laughs> sure, that's correct. I there might agree. be one. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But like, and I, mean, I think when we played him last time, I think he, he played alongside more pay. Uh, I remember at Villa Park, I think they we, we drew 2-2. Um, and, like, he was just electrifying, like, his pace and his link-up play. He seems to have all the right attributes to genuinely be, like, a top striker. Now, whether you can transfer that form into the Premier League wait, remains to be seen. And my opinion, personally, on what um, on Ollie Watkins is, I would love to have him, but I wouldn't have him as the main guy. I would play him off the left or off the right. And then buy, I don't know, Tammy in Dreamworld or someone like a similar kind of ilk who's going to get you those 15 goals that you need um, <clears throat> to sustain your place in the Premier League yeah I think back to like some people making comparisons and kind of saying you know what James said like we don't need championship players but mm -hmm. I think back to like a few years ago like you know real maximum of the championship like Lewis, Gra like Lewis Graben came to Villa for a little bit and Ross McCormack who looked good before Villa too, but, um, you know, I think about them and I think about the way they scored their goals in the championship. And it's just like, it's such a different kind of thing than like what a, someone like Watkins or even like Tammy for his year with us, like really did, you know, those are, you know, true Fox in the box kind of poachers need a ton of service and kind of get by being stronger, better, a little bit quicker than like the championship level defenders. But I think Watkins and like looking at Tammy too, like, to just do a lot more to get involved, like, you know, pace, strength, really just a smart footballing brain. And I think Dean Smith said it, you know, when talking about him, you know, he played left for us, he can play central, he's always going to be a striker, but, like, he's got that kind of footballing brain where he can bounce around the front three and really be successful. And I look at the stats, you know, 10 goals in his two seasons playing from the left with, you know, eight, five assists, and then coming into the middle and then having the season he did. So the versatility is there. I think the tools are there. And I think he just has a lot more about him than some of these other championship players who haven't made that jump. And, you know, when I see, like, we don't need championship talent, like, I think a guy like Dan James, who, like, you know, is kicking on at United or, you know, a few other folks. So, like Pascal said, if we get the best player in the championship, like, it's a little different than getting – some rando from you know Rotherham who picked up eight goals like great that's awesome but like that's not going to cut it but when you have someone who's like such a cut above I think it makes such a difference and Absolutely. um yeah speaking of other randos in the championship another link that's been coming up a lot in the last 24 hours especially John Swift out of Reading box box midfielder originally in the Chelsea Academy you guys you hear much about this um, this was one that I heard about at the start of the window that he was one of the first ones we were linked with to almost be a Grealish replacement um, in the inevitability that he was going to leave if we were to get relegated. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't really seen a lot of him again. I looked at his stats briefly from last season and Reading fans speak extremely highly of him as well. Uh, I think he got around eight goals or five assists or something like that. For, yeah. for a box-to-box midfielder, it's really good. Actually, stats almost mirror John McGinn's uh, from his season in the Championship as well. So I know they're different players or whatever, but it's, it's definitely a promising sign, 100%. Uh, actually, going back to what you said about Championship players as well, you look at some of the stars in the Premier League now who have done time in the Championship. Harry Kane, James Madison's another one I can think of as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes some of those players need that experience at the lower level to kind of find themselves as a footballer before they then make the step up and, you know, showcase their true talents in the Premier League. Um, so, obviously, a lot... I, I see on Twitter a lot of fans will complain. I mean, we could be linked with Ronaldo and there'll be someone complaining about it on Twitter, do you know what I mean? But there are certainly benefits at looking at the higher end of the championship, I think. Yeah. I think um, we obviously need a squad of players, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. Now, a few times towards the end of the season where you could see McGinn was, you know, running on empty and you look yeah. at the bench and there's no, no one on there for him. So, you know, I don't think he's, if, if he is going to be coming through, I don't think we can be signing with the first team, but it's just to build the squad and, and that's what we need. You know, we, we need mm-hmm. a squad of players. So, um, we're going to have injuries and, and we're going to have times we need to change the game or manage a game differently. Lansby isn't really up to it. Um, and beyond that, there's, there's no one else. So, you know, you, you, you've, you've, got to, you've, got, you've got to sign someone. And for six mil or, or what's being quoted, that's not a lot of money nowadays, is it really? Nah, it's not. It's probably worth the risk. Especially those yeah. the stats, as you say, right? Yeah. 25 years old as well. Exactly. Good stats. You're, you're probably not a... You're probably not a bad player, are you? If you come through at Chelsea, you know you've obviously got some pedigree. Oh yeah, yeah, it was for guys at Chelsea Academy. And I think one of the things that Pascal kind of said earlier really is like we don't really have like a like for like swap with McGinn. Like you know, we we signed. Um, Drinkwater. Oh, I'm trying. Drinkwater. I'm trying to forget him at this point. <laughs> but we signed Danny Drinkwater. You know, trying to fill in a little bit of that like Premier League like midfield quality, but like. You know, off of it in terms of fitness, like he's a different kind of player, a little less mobile. But I think from everything I've seen from, you know, Reading fans talking about him and just like not watching much Reading, but like seeing a little bit of Reading, like he's a mm-hmm. guy who gets up and down the pitch. Like he's got bags of energy. He's got, you know, a few good feet. He's got, you know, can dribble the ball. Like he can carry and drag the field, like drag the whole team up the field. And, yeah, he's not going to do that to the same degree as John McGinn. We don't want him to be in there just to replace someone that's already there who's doing the same job. But I think having that little bit of an extra, like like you said, you're tired, you don't need to be in here in 90 minutes, I think it's going to make a huge, huge difference. Um, one, um, one thing I will say about that is a lot of times last season in games, I feel like game management was really poor. Uh, and it's it's what we're saying now is like we didn't have the squad to make the suitable change. I mean, that's a whole different topic anyway on how certain games were handled in certain situations. But it it just seemed like every game was like, El oh, is not playing well, bring on Trezor Gay and then swap him over and vice versa like that. So you're right, we need a squad because we need times where we need to switch up the formation and, and things like that. So yeah. for, for six to eight million pounds, get it done. I'd say get him through the door. Yeah. Easy money, gosh, done. Thinking of uh, a few folks who are a little bit higher price tag, I figure I'd bring these up, even though I don't think they'll come to fruition. 
I've seen a couple world-class strikers linked, uh, Edison, Edison Cavani and Gonzalo Higuain coming out of, you know, PSG and Juventus, uh, respectively. So, I mean, I have my own Messi, thoughts Messi on not these. available as well. What? Is Messi not available as well? <laughs> no, he couldn't get into the squad. left. <laughs> but, you know, these guys might have a chance to be rotational players. I'd love to hear what you think about some of these links. Because, again, it goes back to this whole, like, Twitter ITK stuff, like trying to like spin stories and get clicks. Like, I'm gonna let you guys talk before I think about this. Uh, honestly, I think we have more chance of signing Thomas Edison than Edison Cavani. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I, I would, I, I love, uh, I love Edison Cavani. Top, top, top striker, Italy, yeah. France. Not gonna come to a team with all due respect. Finish 17th in the Premier League by a point. For example, I know he was on about 200k at PSG, uh, our highest earner at Villa's on around 70 to 80k, which is greenish, I believe. Is he really going to take a pay cut of around to, to maybe 150? We'd have to sell, we'd have to sell Villa Park pretty much, do you know what I mean? To even be able to afford his wages. Yeah, for me, it's a complete no go. Uh, Higuain, he had that spell at Chelsea where. You know, everyone said he was really poor at Chelsea, but I looked at his stats. He played 30, he had 13 starts and he got five goals. Yeah. He's almost one and two, which is kind of respectable. Uh, and he was unfit at the time. You could tell he was unfit. Yeah. And kind of tell he didn't want to be there. So, you know, would he have the same kind of attitude at Villa of, you know, I'm not really up to this. So for me, that would be a no-go as well. I mean, I'd, I'd take them both happily. Like, I'd happily take them both. But I don't think... One, we could afford their wages, and two, they would really want to be involved. Yeah, I'd quite happily accept World Cup striker signing for Villa. That's not a problem, but hey, we have to be realistic, then. We're not at that sort of level yet. I think we've got a yeah. job. If, I know we're um, <clears throat> pretty good on to him, but the, the lad of Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Ed, Eduardo. So, um, yeah, Eduardo, uh, song. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a chip. We're going to have to really convince him <clears throat> in my to, to get him to. You know, so it's a difficult sell to any player, really. If you're selling to a championship, if you're selling to a championship player, come and join Villa in the Premier League. That's that's difficult to finish. But if you're saying to someone in the Champions League, come and join Villa. We finished 17th last season. We want to push a little bit harder the table. You know, we're not going to pay you the money you're probably on now. It's it's it's, it's really difficult to sell. Um, so that's why I think we've seen, we have to be, have a bit of realism. We just have sort of a bit of a structure. So you know, we might move, might get up to say 12th next season. That might be a bit of a leap, but get to 12th next season then all of a sudden you're not far off the European places and you can get to the next tier of player all of a sudden you know some players might might be so unrealistic but yeah I, I don't think we should waste too much time on Higuain or, or Cavani yeah. it's not going to happen is it as much as I love Villa come on it's not their dream before I weigh in on oh go ahead no 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 um, sorry yeah. uh, before I weigh in on um, Cavani and Higuain a little bit I just want to say something about Edward was in the Champions League. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure, <laughs> the, uh, the, the perennial Celtic looking good, cruising in the Scottish League, and then just crashing out first round against like Faring Faros or you know random Hungarian. I almost went my hang Faring Faros training top that I got when I was in Hungary one time just today to celebrate the, the link. But again, I didn't really want to dig through the, the dresser for that. But just like on the Wayne Cavani thing, like. Yeah, I think you, you kind of said all of it. Like, we're not quite there. 
it's it's fun to think about and it's fun to speculate and it's it's more fun to see all of the twitter meltdown when people are like get him in or like he's you know he's out the belfry or anything like that yeah. but um it's just it's just it's a non-starter and you know pascal and i were talking about this off camera beforehand but it's also kind of like not just selling a pay cut or like you know a project but like selling a place and when you're living in turin beautiful weather like you know you're living in paris like this huge metropole like i've never been to birmingham i have a lot of respect for all the people i know from there we speak very highly of it like i think to do that and then be in like a relegation fight a team that's clearly like a little layered level and you're asking to probably take a pay cut like there's just too many layers there and like i remember seeing Iguain, um, talking about the English league when he was there, just talking about like, this is not my kind of thing. Like people are just like built like dressers. I think he said, trying to like kick the shit out of you. Like, yeah. you know, I think there's this little few too many hurdles there uh, and we're not offering them, you know, man city money. So if only, but maybe another big name that looking a little bit more, well, a little bit more likely is relative, but uh, I'm seeing all this stuff about, Edward, you know, we just mentioned him. So, you know, coming out of Celtic, he's living up in Glasgow, Glasgow to Birmingham. Like, I'm not going to say that's very different at all. So, yeah. um, having been to Glasgow, <laughs> I wouldn't want to spend a ton of time there personally. Um, but, I mean, no offense, folks are fond of the place. But uh, I'd love to hear thoughts on this because this is one I know I'm really excited about, at least about the potential of it. Yeah, so I suspect he'll get a move by the looks of it. Um, it's going to be difficult for Celtic to hold on to, to him now, given the route of the Champions League, as you say. Um, you know, he's not like he's a lot... Whilst he's been there for a couple of seasons, um, you know, he's, he's not a Celtic fan. So he's not going to be that bothered about the 10 in the row as, you know, the, the, the Scott Browns of this world. So that's going to be difficult to hold on from, hold on from their point of view. There's, there's got to be a set amount of money that they'll accept for him because he's a hell of an asset. Um, and we could probably afford it, but the question is, would he want to come to the Villa projects, or will he be able to hold out for a team that's you know further along on the journey? You know, Champions League, uh, Europa League. I'm, I'm sure he's going to have suitors across Europe, um, but you know, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we're capable of reaching amounts and affording it to have a bid accepted. It's just whether we can get you know, him signing over the line. I think that's a that's a difficult one. It's not impossible, I don't think. Because, you know, players want to play in the Premier League and there's only so many teams you can play for in the Premier League. So if no one else is in, in for him, we've got a chance. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think there's a quite a low percentage chance myself. I'd be surprised if it happens. But not, not totally unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know he's Celtic's main asset, really. And it's kind of similar with the whole Grealish for us to Manchester United. You know, they have their price and at the end of the day, we have to meet it if they're going to get rid of him. I think he would move um, if the fees, if the price were agreed. And I think wages-wise, I think we'd have enough to get over the line. Um, it's just, I don't know if Villa are going to pay the asking price. I've seen like 30 million, 40 million tarried around, uh, which is quite a lot for a player that's only done it in Scotland. And I don't really want to have any disrespect towards the Scottish League, but it's, it's, it's not on par with the Premier League. Obviously, there are some gems who came from there, like Van Dyke, you know, etc. Henry Larson's another one as well. But can he really make that step up? And you're paying 35 million for someone who's technically unproven at this kind of level. Um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you guys, sorry, just on that, that subject. So, would you rather sign a player from a championship or the Scottish Premier League? Or what, what do you think is more suited to Premier League? I think the championship is. Um, I think the team, again, everything I'm saying is really bad for the Scottish Premier League, but I just think the level of teams in the championship. I mean, we were down there for three years. <clears throat> look, West Brom were down there last season. Um, you look at who's down there now. I'd say, you know, the current Watford, Bournemouth and Norwich teams, in my opinion, are better than Celtic's first 11 or Rangers' first 11, for example. Um, I don't I don't know the, the Scottish League from 1 to 12, but, you know, Hibernian, for example, aren't going to be on the level of, like, a Nottingham Forest, give or take, in my opinion. So I would say the, the upper echelons of the Championship are definitely at a higher standard than the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, I think there's a bigger <clears throat> drop-off in Scotland. You know, like, I think Celtic and Rangers could probably, like, do a job in the mm-hmm. Championship. You know, there's there's some quality there and there's some quality that moved on. But, like, I even just look at, like, recent moves, like Scott Sinclair, another, like, old Villa boy kind of thrown out there. You know, he moved up to Scotland, and I think he, you know, he, he let the, lit the place on fire. He was, you know, scoring goals for fun, moves back to press North End, and he can barely get a game. Um, I think that, like, says it all. That said, thinking about, like, Edward, I think one of the things that like gives me a little bit of hope, you know, first of all, age, you know, he's leading the, the league in goals at 22. He's got all the physical attributes, big, strong, tall, fast, you know, good hold-up play, uh, doing it on the national setup for France. And, you know, I think it's nice to know as well, like his European scoring record, you know, I'm looking at it now, 13 and five when he was at, his first year at Celtic, last year he had thir- um, 13 appearances, six goals. He's one for one this year. He had a thigh injury. Thigh injury. Maybe it was, uh, it was transfer speculation. Yeah. But um, in their, their ties so far. So, you know, I think he's, he's proven that he can do it beyond the Scottish League. And he's also, you know, I think he's also, like, proven so dominant in the league. Uh, which I think is good. I think the one thing that, like, I think is just so funny about the link is that, like, people are saying, like, oh, why would he want to move to Villa? But then, like, the only other teams linked with him are, like, Newcastle, Leeds. Like, yeah, you know, you're really not going to get much different besides, like, maybe a shorter trip down on the train. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't know. I think it's a funny one. But I think he has all the tools to be, to make the jump. I think it would it would be a little bit of a, a rougher transition you know it's easy it's a little bit easier for a defender thinking about van dyke like you know he's so dominant there but like he's not expected to go and have like these like really easy to read stats you know like goals assists you don't pick up a goal for a few games like wesley this year everyone's on your back so i think it would be a a transition but i think he's someone who can make the jump but yeah i don't I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that one happening if I'm being totally honest. I think Champions League football, he's going to hold out for a move or, you know, at least go to somewhere who's in the Europa League. And I'm seeing Everton link now. So, I mean, that sounds a little bit more appealing than us. No offense to us. I guess at so. Given at, the moment. at this moment in time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a shame from our point of view that he didn't play the other night. If he played the other night, then he probably would have been cup tied down matching, wouldn't he? For, for other True. Europeans. Then, yeah. So he played, you know, it sort of restricts, uh, restricts the clubs he could go to and play in the Champions League for this season. So, 
the last of the, the big sort of name links before we sort of talk about people who have come in and then some potential outgoings. Uh, Rashika is the one that won't go away as well. You know, I'm, I've been hearing this name since January um, out of Verda Bremen out in the Bundesliga. So I don't know, for me, this one just reads of like Asian talk, paper talk. Like it doesn't seem like this is someone who has any desire to come to Villa. So yeah. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah, uh, that, that, that seems it, doesn't it? He seems to be trying to get his move to Leipzig. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, using Villa as a uh, you know, as negotiation tool, if anything, to say, oh, look, a Premier League team's in for him. You know, you've got to get and make the bid now. And, and these articles keep getting leaked to the press um, from Aiden and so on. He's just pushing for the movie once. And if he wanted to join Villa, he would have done so by now, I reckon. Um, I can't... If he doesn't, I suppose if he doesn't get his move to Leipzig... Um, you know, towards the end of the tra- end of transfer deadline, deadline, uh, deadline day, um, then we might get him on the day. That's possible, but it doesn't seem like it's happening to Villa, to be honest. Um, it's a shame because he's, he, you know, his stats look pretty good, don't they? Uh, I, I, he's not a player I've, I've seen a great deal of, but you know, it's a position we certainly need someone in, and his, his stats look look good, and it's a good league. So yeah, it's a, it's a shame, but move on, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I completely agree. At the end of the day. If you're holding out, apparently, from what from what the paper talk saying is the bid's there and it's up to the player where he wants to go. Now, if the player's holding out for a move to Leipzig, it just means he doesn't want to come. And do you really want a player that doesn't want to be there? You know, obviously, he's got talent um, in the German League. He did very well last season. But if he doesn't want to be there, he, he's holding out for a move to a, a club that's competing in Europe, which is absolutely fair enough. Um, and it's, it's, it's refreshing to see that we're going for those kind of players. Uh, or that we're linked with those kind of players, we don't know if it's true or not. But do you really want a player that is not 100% behind the project? You know, and when things aren't going your way, he's going to be a bit of a passenger and not have the bottle it takes to, you know, compete at this kind of level. Yeah, I mean, he does, like you said, he has all the attributes. And I kind of look at him as like a very similar player to Grealish in some ways. And I think that was part of the initial links anyway. You know, everyone was saying he's kind of like the replacement um, but just looking at that, like thinking about where he fits in, you know, he's a great player. He improved the side, but if he's at that level and I'm seeing Dortmund are now kind of sniffing around too, like mm-hmm. I say, we move on. Like you don't want to let something drag out, get here, have a bad attitude and, you know, cause a row in the dressing room. We don't need that kind of negativity. I think it's of Julian Lescott and the tweet of the car from my pocket by mistake kind of thing. Like I don't need more people like that in my, in my club. Oh man. So, and we got a few other things to cover before we move on um, off transfer stuff. A few good things we can actually like get excited about. I know we talked about the youth setup a little bit, you know, we've, we've secured the signings of Christine from Exeter. I think Swinkles is coming from Vitesse or one of the, you know, one of the Dutch teams. We got a few uh, guys from, you know, the Irish league coming in. A lot of high-rated people, and you know, Shaq Poke from, I want to say Norwich, who scored like yeah, nine goals Norwich. in a game against Watford uh, under you know under something. And the youth league, he scored like some crazy number against the Watford youth. But you know, we're getting a lot of these highly-rated youth players in, and then, you know, besides Jack over the last few years, I can't think of a single player who's like really come through and kicked on. So, uh, you know, have you guys thought a lot about the academy? Like, what are your thoughts right now? It's looking good. 
It's looking very good. Um, obviously, we signed Louis Barry as well last uh, mm. in the last season as well. Um, it's looking very promising. We don't obviously the, the thing with prom, even with promising academy players, you never know what's going to happen when they mature. So you sign a player at sixteen, he hasn't been exposed to like being a young adult. He hasn't you know gone out clubbing and all the things that kids do when they get to that kind of age. And those kind of things can really change a player um, in terms of their mentality and stuff. So you don't know. Obviously, the signs are there. It's, it's very promising. And we have the makings of a very, 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 very good development uh, team, which is what we're saying at the start of the start of the podcast. Off the field at the moment, we're making all the right signings. You know, like we're, we're making some incredible moves. Uh, it would be interesting to see how they develop. It's promising, but I'm not getting as excited as other people are making out quite yet until I see them in first team action. Yeah, similar to you, Pascal, really. I mean, the thing I'm pleased about is that, I don't know if you guys remember that Kristen Perslow had the well-documented comments towards the end of last season, I think it was, in the, uh, when he spoke to the fans, and he, he said about, you know, if, if, if you're at 22 years out, 21, 22, and you've not made it through to the first team yet, something's going wrong. So it seems they've changed the criteria, and they're obviously looking for the top players around 17, 18, 16, that sort of you know, age bracket. Um, so, so yeah, but like we say, you just don't know. You, you, you can't have a crystal ball. You, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I remember I watched um, a youth team, you know, sorry, reserve team game. We used to have reserve team games, which had Luke Moore um, at one end and at the other end of the pitch was Wayne Rooney. Um, and I would, have, I would have said Luke Moore was a better player. And it, it, I think he was a long time at that, that sort of bracket. Um, but, yeah. For whatever reason, he, he never made it. Um, so you can't judge someone at that age. They have all the potential in the world. But all of a sudden, you know, life's vices come to you, especially the money side of things, which, you know, from having pretty much nothing to assign a professional contract, you know, buying whatever car you want, whatever house you want, you know, spending your money how you want, it's, uh, it, can be, it can be dangerous. And we, you know, we've seen play, loads of players down the years go, around, go down the wrong way. Hopefully, mm-hmm. though, I spent a lot of money on the academy and also the people you know, running the academy, um, they've got great reputations, you know, the guys we've got from West Bromwich Albion. So you wonder, um, you know, they change the whole setup. Maybe it's going to, you know, see, see improved fortunes, but, you know, we're probably not going to see these players in the first team for another two, you know, one or two years, you would have thought. Um, but hopefully they'll make a better gist of it in the um, in, in the cup, you know, the the, um, the, the 21 uh, side that's going to go into the uh, the EFL trophy, as it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah. Johnson's yeah. paint trophy or the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. It's really good that they could play against like first team. That's, you know, like that's the education, team. isn't it? Yeah, so playing against men who are trying to make a living, I think is, you know, I, yeah, think yeah. I look back to Grealish going to Knotts County a few years ago and I was like, you know, kind of the making of him is like, you know, the fact that these guys are just trying to like put food at the table and like you know, get a paycheck, I think it makes a huge difference playing from the academy mm-hmm. sides. Um, just like a last note on that. You know, I do think Pascal said it best, like kind of patience and waiting to see what happens is like the biggest thing. Like well, we were kind of, you know, kicking tires last year, spinning our wheels, floundering in the, the prem. People were calling for like Louis Barry and a bunch of the, uh, the youth set up to kind of come through. And yeah, like it's one thing to be promising, score for the under 15s and, you know, be in La Masia and do all this stuff. But like to make the jump to the Premier League, as a, someone who's not fully grown into their body, it's just like not something you can ask a kid to do. Like 
there are a few people who will do it. You know, I think, you know, Christine made his, uh, his Exeter debut sometime this season, you know, but that's, it's a whole different gravy kind of coming in in a relegation battle and being expected to perform. Like even thinking about like what we said before about like, you know, getting on the players' backs early, like, especially for a kid, like, you know, they're not quite professionals yet. Like that's a huge blow to their mental state, their confidence. Like, so I can only imagine what like that kind of hype brings with it. So hopefully we bring them through. Hopefully they do the right things. Cause I would love to see some of these guys, you know, stepping out into Phillip Park in person for the first team at some point. Doesn't need to be now, though. We need to worry about the here and now. Yeah. Speaking of people uh, to worry about, you know, there are some outgoing talks. I can cut a bunch of few of them up, and we'll end with the obvious one. But I'm seeing things about Hurahan and Nakamba going to Turkey. I'm seeing things about Target going to Leicester. Like, I can imagine this is all paper talk. Like, the idea of an Irishman going to Turkey to play when he settled in Birmingham it just seems like a weird thought to me but like I'd love to hear what you guys think because I don't know I, I think there's a few fringe players who might be on the way out but none of the names I'm seeing are come to mind um yeah okay um <laughs> horror he divides opinion you know a lot of Villa fans rate him a lot of Villa fans dislike him some Villa fans say he's a passenger some Villa fans say he's essential I really like him and, okay, he has games where he's an anonymous. Because the thing with, with uh, Connor is so many of his games, uh, he assists with set pieces, etc. And when he doesn't get the assist of the goal, you know, people automatically think he's had a bad game or he hasn't really contributed to the team. From the last two or three seasons or ever since he's been in the team, a lot of our wins have come with Connor in the team. You know what I mean? Where it's not always a set piece or a goal that he's contributing to, but he must be doing something right. You know, he's, he's, his, win, his win percentage must be like 40% or something, you know, especially at the back end of the Premier League after lockdown. I thought he was one of our best players, but he, he rarely gets spoken about, which is really interesting. Maybe because he's not like a glamorous player, I don't quite know. I personally think he, I'd give him a new contract. I know it sounds crazy. A lot of Villa fans don't think he's that good, but I, I really like him. No, hundred percent. Um, that's a no-brainer for me. I mean, um, he's he's definitely part of the squad and he's he's valuable. Whether whether or not he should be starting every game, probably not. In my mm. opinion, I think um, games where he can really excel in, um, especially I've, I think he plays best against teams where we've got the most of the ball. When we haven't got the ball and we're chasing the game a little bit, I think he does struggle. You probably want um, an Akamba type player in there. So I'm not saying Akamba's definitely man I want in there anyway. Um, but you, you probably do want the extra defensive. Um, a little bit more pace as well. Um, but yeah, from set-piece point of view, he's absolutely exceptional. And, and there's not many players in the league that can do what he can do with a set-piece, um, you know, especially from an assist point of view. So, so yeah, 100%, we've got to, we've got to keep it. Um, it's, even if it's just for this season, even if it's just a case of letting him see his contract out and if he really wants to make a move and to finish his career and play every game, then I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. You know, for, for what we're going to get from now, probably a couple of million, I imagine. It's, it's just not, it yeah. won't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, sorry. No, you're Go ahead. Um, I also, one, one small note is when we played West Ham on the last day of last season, Grealish ran straight to Connor after he scored his goal. I think he's such a key figure in the dressing room. Um, and I think that's important. You know, we spoke a lot about 
not we, but like Twitter spoke a lot about the fact that Villa brought in all like 12 players and they didn't gel together and they didn't have a spine the same as what the likes of Sheffield United had, which is why they did so well. Now, if you look at Villa's current spine, you'd say Connor is and Grealish are like the two, they're like the two longest serving players, I think. So, and you always want to have those players around. So I, I think from a dressing room point of view as well, he's essential to have at the club. Yeah, I mean, he has a role to play. And I think that's what so many people forget to kind of like think about. Like he he has such a specific role. He does like a lot of good things. I do think he has like athletic limitations, which, you know, I think about someone like a Swift who we've talked about, like comes in and does something a little different and like adds. Oh, he's very one footed. He's extremely one footed. <laughs> he's not particularly big, you know, like he's not going to win any aerial duels, but like, you know, he'll get stuck in and he'll, he'll put in a shift in a way. And he has enough quality in that left foot to like, that'll get him through games and like he's going to contribute. And that's his big thing. Yeah. Do I, would I love if he was a week in, week out starter? Like, no, I don't think anyone would. But, like, I think he has an absolute role to play on this team. I think he's starting certain games makes total sense. But, like, to have an adequate replacement, which I think is something we just lack right now, makes sense. But I, I agree, too. I would love him to get, like, a two-year deal, a two-year extension, yeah, yeah. see where he's at from there. If he drops down to the championship or, like, goes and plays in Scotland, like, I could see Rangers picking him up when he's, like, 34, and, like, that would be a good yeah. setting for them. But, like, right now I think he's – he absolutely has a, like a, you know, a part to play in what we're doing. And then just going back to Target and the Canva too, like, I don't know, I just don't see anything in those. Like, I, I get the chill wealth replacement thing for Target. The is not going to Turkey for less money to play in the Turkish League. Like, some of this did, the papers put out are, are just so ludicrous. I don't know. What do you guys think about those, if anything? Because I don't think there's much to even say. I suppose every player's got a price. Um, I can't yeah. see a Turkish team spending a, spending the money that we've probably spent on the Canva. We want our money back on him, wouldn't we, at least? Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like we said earlier, we, we need a squad of players and he's part of the squad as his target. Well, target's more than that. He's obviously our first team left back. Um, I can't see target being up for sale. Um, obviously, he's just, it's a player Dean Smith selected um, you know, last season. Um, he has a few limitations in terms of pace and Sometimes defensive awareness. However, and he does he does sometimes go missing in the bigger games as well. I think every fan knows that. Um, but equally, he is great. He, he's a decent one going forward. So he's got a good relationship with uh, with Grealish. Um, we've seen quite a few times. Um, so he might benefit from having a better player out wide. Uh, you know, as someone who can perhaps look after him defensively a bit more as well. Um, so I, I think I don't think we've got any desire to sell him. Uh, I'd be surprised if we do. Um, in terms of the Camber, no, I, I just can't see it happening. As you say, we're not going to get the money uh, from Turkey on the point of four. He's, he's not a world beater. Um, and, and we, we probably overpaid on him, so we're, we're not going to get that money back. So, yeah, keep him as part of the squad, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Keep him as squad players. I mean, Target's another one that divides opinion. I I, I don't I don't know what I think of Target, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's really hard. Like, I'm, I'm trying not to be negative at all. Um, Safe space. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Leicester City, let, let's put it this way. I think Leicester City could do better, and that's no disrespect yeah. to Matt Target at all. But I think Leicester City, Europa League team, very strong team, could be setting their sights a little bit higher than Matt Target, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, I, I agree with what James said. Target has his limitations, especially defensively with his marking and his positioning, which I think was like one of the weaker parts of his game. But going forward, he's he, he could be a good left back in the future. Going forward, uh, he was, in my opinion, he was much better when we did three at the back, and he was a wing back along with Gilbert or Elmo. I thought he was way more effective, way more involved uh, in the opposition half. Uh, didn't wasn't under as much pressure to defend because we had um, Courtney Hawes next to him to kind of cover the the wings when when he would inevitably get caught out of position. So I, I would keep him. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things I encouraged me about Target is like you know right after the restart. I think he came back just like a little bit more. I think the whole team came back a little bit more like defensively resolute. Like, but I also think like he looked like he'd been in the gym. He looked like a little bit like broader. He looked like a little bit more willing to take a knock and like try and play on. Like, there was something really soft about him in the early parts of the season. And I think like I saw a little bit less of that. So, I mean, hopefully, a little bit more preseason under his belt, a little bit of change in mentality, like he can kick on. But yeah. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And for Nakamba, like, very similar to Hurrahan, like, way less likable, no offense to Nakamba. I feel like our, our Tanzanian, you know, our Tanzanian, our Zimbabwean fans might not love that, but, like, you know, I do think he has, like, a very specific role to play and, like, a role that no one else on our team has. Like, I think of when we had Carlos Sanchez, who was, like, a much worse version of Nakamba a few years ago, but, like, he does the same kind of thing. Like, he's going to clean up. He's going to break up play. I like the idea of having that, you know, sort of Sanchez, Mikel, you know, person in the end of the game to sub in and just like give a little bit more cover, especially for protecting a lead. Something that, you know, we talked about game mismanagement. We weren't doing a ton in the early part of the season. And now hopefully learn our lesson and, you know, you can kick on and have a better season ahead of them. But um, I think the last outgoing we should talk about, it kind of feeds into the next section a little bit, but, you know, the one that's been going on since, literally forever uh jack Grealish, united sniffing i'm hearing man city sniffing does he stay or does he go guys like i think that's the big question because like i have my opinions i'd love to know yours i think he would have gone by now if he's going to go so um i think he's a sort if you want Grealish, you know villa i get one top dollar for him so you, you know, you, you know, you know, it's going to be your signing of the summer. So, you know, we obviously want around the eighty, I don't know, to eighty million for him. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't try not to read the stories to be honest because it depresses me. But <laughs> you know, guys, you know, So we we've got control. You know, we've got, we've got a long term contract. So similar to what we said about players who want to sign, you know, we can control the fee. So you know, we don't have to be bullied by accepting Lingard plus Romeo. You know, and 20 million or whatever that Man United want to offer us. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, he's captain of Villa. Uh, he plays week in, week out. The issue, of course, is I know we're going to get on to it, obviously, about England. Um, he hasn't had the, the game time yet. Now, would that change if we move to a different club? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it, it might only change when England change the manager. Um, and we'll get on to that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, I'm hopeful he's going to stay. Um, but we just don't know, do we? we, we we've been stung so many times down the years. Uh, and his, his service is given. I can't blame him if he does go. Um, however, I'm hopeful he's going to stay. That's, I'm, on, I'm on the fence, but I'm hopeful he's going to stay. 
Mm, um, me too. I mean, I agree with what you said. I think the board would be stupid to like do a deadline day sale or something like that. That would be, in my opinion, catastrophic for the club. And I think if it was going to happen, it's going to happen either within the next week or so, because that will still give us a month for whatever we need or two months to to sign replacements. Um, you know, everyone, he is, he is Villa through and through. He's Mr. Aston Villa. Uh, everyone adores him at the club. If you, if you don't support the club, everyone hates him. Um, he, he's the most unique player I've ever seen in a, in a in an Aston Villa team in terms of like the way he like it's almost like he glides past players he has so much time on the ball uh, even when he doesn't have time on the ball it, 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 it makes it look effortless at times and he pretty much you'd say the reason we stayed up is 70-75% down to Jack Grealish um, I agree I, if he if he chooses to leave I don't think any Villa fan can be angry at him at the end of the day he's going to be playing in like a team that's competing for like the Champions League and like the top trophies in the UK. And he deserves all the best of his career. But of yeah. course, the selfish part of the Villa fan wants to keep him as long as possible. You know? And you kind of think that if we make a marquee sign-in, Cavani, never going to happen, but you know what I mean? That would kind of, that would kind of convince Jack, okay, I'll, obviously, you know, he's a Villa fan, but I'll, I believe we can do you know, we can make this into a real project and become a top team in the future. Yeah, um, I agree with both of you. Like, I think he's hopeful he's going to sign a new contract. I think, like, that little bit of a bumper pay is going to at least keep him around for next year. But, like, right now, regardless of that, I think Bill's in the driving seat of what we want to do with him. Like, we don't need to budge. He stayed up. He just signed a new deal pretty recently, so he's got, like, a good amount of, like, term left. You know, I think... You know, unless someone comes in with a crazy, crazy thing uh, in terms of a bid, like, I don't think there's any rush. And like you said, like, he loves the club. I think he has ambitions greater than Aston Villa. You know, he wants to win and play, play for trophies. But at the same time, you know, everything that I am led to believe about Jack Grealish, be it the news or the way he interacts with fans, like, he's, he's club first. He's not going to cause a fuss. He's not going to, like, you know, put in a transfer request or hold out or make it known he wants to leave. Like he's going to handle himself appropriately and do what's right for the club. So I think he'll stay. I think if it gets to like September's coming up, I'd say like a week out of the season opener. And like, I think we're in the clear for at least, Yeah, okay. Okay. I don't think he's going to, he's going to be a, a mid-year signing. So I think we'll have at least another year with them and hopefully like, kicks on as a better season get over 100 mil for him and you know let him go live out his dreams but like i could never be mad at him if he left like like you guys yeah. said like he's doing everything which i think brings us really good onto like our next and maybe last topic is like i love jack Grealish. i think we all love jack Grealish. i'm not the biggest gareth southgate fan at the moment though uh snubbed for england again i mean I saw that news. I woke up. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up. And, mm -hmm. oh, God, I was, I was beside myself. So what do you guys, how did you react? And, you know, what are your thoughts on that team selection? Because, like, I look at that England squad and I'm left, not only, I'm, I'm not an England national team fan, but, like, I'm left scratching my head at that team selection. So, like, what are you guys thinking? I wasn't surprised. 
Yeah, I look at all the central midfield. It's it's very like it's just like a plain ham sandwich. You know, what I mean, it's nothing exciting. It, it, it kind of like it gets, you know it gets the job done. You're satisfied, but it's not going to excite your taste buds, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I understand the outrage of Villa fans. I completely understand it because I was angry at first, and then I kind of looked into it. How I tried to think about how Southgate thinks of it, and I think I was saying before that I think he sees Grealish as the left wing role. Yeah. Now, if you're looking at the left wing role in the England self, you've got Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling, Jaden Sancho, and now Mason Greenwood. Would I have Jack Grealish in England over any of them? Probably not. Um, just be- purely because of the pace aspect, because they're a lot quicker, they can get in behind the lines and stuff like that. But I, from an England perspective, I compare Jack Grealish to Mason Mount, because I think that's who he is directly competing with. And in my opinion, he's streets ahead of Mason Mount. Top player, Mason Mount, but Jagrish is, a, in my opinion, a level above him. I also, I actually read today about uh, Lee Hendry said on TalkSport or something like that, that um, uh, him and Gareth Southgate used to clash because Lee Hendry was kind of like Jack the Lad kind of guy and Gareth Southgate was always a consummate professional. Um, and I, I don't know if it's personal, but it just seems like he has some kind of vendetta against Grealish. I read somewhere that he turned up late for under-21 training years ago or something like that. Um, and he didn't show the right professionalism at the time. But surely, even like all the ex-pundits players are saying, you have to give yeah. this kid a shot. You have to. So, yeah, that, that's my take on it. I'm not surprised. Um, he should have been in there two call-ups ago, in my opinion. Well, he should have been in there when Mason Mount was in there because he's better than him and Madison. Isn't he? Yeah, I'm still scratching my head. I, I, I can't understand it. Um, as we say, Mason Mount against Grealish, no no contest. Grealish is a better player. Um, you know, he can carry it between the lines. He can play in various positions. In school, he can assist. You know, that's a, that's a team like Villa. Imagine what he'd do. If, you know, with, with players like the Chelsea players around him. Um, it's it's not only that. It's whilst Calvin Phillips is a great player, and I think he deserves his call up. For, for Southgate to say last season that you know, Grealish needs to do it in the Premier League um, before he gets called up, and then he calls up Felix before he's going to go in the Premier League, it's a real stab in the heart for, for, for Grealish. Um, I don't understand it, and there's clearly something more than meets the eye. Um, I agree regarding the comments about you know him um, him not being up to the standard of some of the other left siders. But as I say, he's a unique player. He can play more than one position, and he does Sevilla, let alone for, for England. And the other thing is, I mean, England don't have to be so rigid. They, they can play a different formation. You know, they can play two strikers, God forbid. Um, so he's a sort of player. You, what you, if I was a manager, I'd want him on the bench. You know, he could change a game for us. You know, a European yeah. tour, or the World Cup, yeah. or whatever. Um, and these are nothing games we've got coming up. I just don't, I don't understand it. And there's more. There's got to be more to it. And I'm, I really want to know what it is. Um, whether it's something to do with what he did. Um, pre-lockdown, you know, around the time of lockdown, he obviously got in trouble. Um, but then I look at other people like Carl Walker who in the press. Um, obviously, Harry Maguire's been in the press. I know he's since been uh, taken out of the squad, but he was in the squad originally. So I just I just can't make a case for it. And, um, you know, I, I uh, hated Gareth enough when he left uh, Villa for Middlesbrough. And now he's brought all that back again. Um, it's not even an anti-Villa thing, though. So I'm not because obviously he's picking me. So it's obviously an anti-Greenish thing. So that's what makes me think. Even if he was to move to Manchester United, would it make any difference? I'm not sure. 
So yeah, anyway, in, in summary, I'm completely scratching my head still and can't my hand around it. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the anti-Villa thing with picking Tyro Mings. Um, because obviously there are other clubs, I know, in my opinion, Tarkowski and Lewis Dunk should probably be in there as well somewhere. Yeah. Well, it, it boils down to, I, I don't really want to, I'm going to rip into Gareth Southgate here, but it's not <laughs> as bad as I'm making it sound bad to be. In 2018, in my opinion, we did way better than getting to the semi-final looked because I think we had the easiest run. Um, I think we played all the easiest teams. And as soon as we came up, we lost to Belgium twice. And then Croatia, the only other half-decent team. Now, I don't know, or sorry, what I'm trying to say is, you want Grealish in there, as you said, he can change a game. Why do we have to play the same formation every time? You want that option to be able to make it a bit more fluid with your selection. If you're in the last 10 minutes of the game, you need a goal, you bring on Grealish with a striker. You can kind of, is a player who's proven in the Premier League that he can make things happen. Even after Southgate said last year, you need to do it in the Premier League. If you look at all the stats of all the English central players, he's even ahead of the likes of Deli Ali. He's the head of Phil Foden, who's another top player. He's definitely ahead of Jesse Lingard, Mason Mount, James Madison. So yeah, it's really tough. You know, it's really tough to be honest with you. But again, I'm not surprised because I just don't. I don't trust the manager. I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I know it sounds bad. I just don't think he's a very I don't think he's like a manager who can, okay, we're 2 nil down. What can we do here? Do you know what yeah. I mean? And Dean no, Smith has similarities as well. Again, we would definitely come on to it another time. Let's leave that for later in the season. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to get to it, but um, talk about how he hasn't been doing that, God willing. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the crazy thing for me is, like James said, like it's like it's kind of the double speak, the double standard of like I'm not going to pick a championship player, Calvin Phillips, who again like totally deserves his call up, doesn't do it, like or makes the squad uh, first time through. You know he's got to be in the Premier League, like you know, better stats than all of the other central midfielders that are coming through and playing in similar positions with much less around him. Nothing. So yeah, I mean like. Like, what does the guy got to do? I just, I hope it's, it's a lights of fire under him. First part of the season, he comes out swinging. Hopefully, you know, forces his way in. Uh, any, any chance he goes? I'm seeing, I'm seeing all over. Any chance he declares for Ireland? What do you think? Full, full of uh, a backwards Declan Rice? <laughs> no, I don't. I think he's going to stick. Yeah. I think Green's is the kind of character who's going to be like, this is the decision I made. I have to stick to it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think he's the kind of guy to take the easy way out. And no offence to Ireland again. But to get into the England team is notoriously more difficult than to get into the Ireland team. I'm not saying Ireland are a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. They're a very, very good European team. But just like the the level of competition in certain positions within the England setup is much harder than the Ireland setup. So I think he's going to stick to his decision. The truth is he's broken his ties with Ireland now, unfortunately for him. Uh, Whether or not he wants to go back. It's irrelevant, I think. Uh, but no, he, he will get an England cap. I'm 100% on it. Probably not while Southgate's manager, though. That's, that's the... Yeah, uh, that's I think he'll agree. Yeah. It might be personal. I, I agree. Maybe not with Southgate in charge. Unless there's like a massive injury crisis, then he'd pick him. Yeah, I mean, Rashford just pulled out of the squad or is about to because of uh, an injury picked up in European competition. Maguire's out. That's a thin... White squad 22 if Rashford pulls out 
So it is, but he hasn't called anyone to replace Maguire, which makes me think he's not going to call anyone to replace Grealish. Yeah, he also doesn't have a left back. <laughs> Just as Tyron Mings. Put Tyron um, Mings there. Tyron Mings is way more injury prone playing on the left, so he better not. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh. I mean, the the timing of these fixtures, in my opinion, are stupid. Anyway, there's going to be an injury. Hopefully, he's not one of our players, but. You can just see someone getting injured a couple of weeks before the season starts and, you know, they struggle to get back into fitness due to that. I mean, are the players even fit enough to play at international level, you know, yeah. when they've been in preseason for a week? Who knows? We'll wait and see. Yeah. And, you know, congratulations to the other villains playing internationally. we got Mings playing for England. So, again, back to the not being a villa thing. Hurahan, McGinn, Nyland. So, it's good to see a few people are getting there too. <laughs> Be curious to see how Nyland performs for Norway if he even gets a, a game, but uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, I think it's about time we kind of you know head up to this last section. Obviously, we don't have a guest this week, so it's a little different. But what we're going to be doing moving forward, folks, is every week we're going to have a guest spot for another Villa fan, be it you know an expat living abroad or someone who you know kind of like myself picked up supporting the Villa without having been from Birmingham or just, you know, the UK in general. Uh, but I think what we'll do this week is like talk a little bit about like why we are in the position we're in, like why we're here, why we're in the current place we are, how we came to support the Villa. Um, and James, like you being the, the Birmingham local right now, I think it'd be good for you to start. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not the most exciting story in the world. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, my dad brought me up the right way. Um, you know, he, uh, he teach me right, right from wrong, and you know, right was but uh, right was obviously Aston Villa, wrong Birmingham City. Um, so I went with right option. Um, you know, I've, I've been a season ticket holder in, in the well, I've been, I think I've been a season ticket holder in each stand. Um, which is probably quite unique. Um, but um, for the last ten years or so, I think I've been in the lower halls. Um, that's sort of my my seat now. Um, Looking forward to getting back to it hopefully quite soon. Um, but yeah, so um, my first game was against Manchester United. Um, don't fall off your chairs, but we actually beat them. You know, it's the first, it's the, I think it's the only time in my life, um, other than the once when I played the kids, uh, also twice I played the kids, um, that I've seen us beat them. So that was 1 0 back in, I think it was 92, 93, or 93, 94. Um, Dalian Atkinson scored, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, um, so it had a really good, um, really good start there. Um, and the next game I went to was Middlesbrough five one, and I thought, "Crikey, these are quite good." This Villa, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so I stuck with it, and uh, you know, I've, I've been through thick and thin. You know, last few years mainly thin, but you know, I think the good times are coming back. Hopefully, we've since we've got good owners now. Um, a bit more positivity. I love. I love having Greedish as captain and I love having Dean Smith as manager. I really want them both to succeed uh, and stay. If they both, you know, if Dean Smith stays, it means he's done, done a good job. So, um, you know, um, I'm pleased um, things are working out again. You know, he had a good end to the season. So, yeah, excited to, I thought I've formally um, done a journalism degree. Um, not put that to any use at all. So, when Eddie spoke about on Twitter about doing a podcast, I thought, you know what, why not? Let's have a go. Um, so that's why I'm here and uh, look forward to hopefully many more of these. Yeah. Pascal, and you're living abroad right now. Yeah. Tell me, and you mentioned Dubai Lions before, uh, so yeah, man. walk us through uh, 
yeah, I've been out here for about under seven years. It's a, long, it's a long time when you actually like reflect back on like your first day. You know, geez, uh, I I haven't really got an exciting story about how I, I fell in love with the villa either. I kind of just um, you know a bunch of my mates started following them. I kind of picked it up. Uh, this was like in primary school, so like a long time ago, and then. Uh, I think I went. I didn't go to my first game until about two thousand and six or something like that. Uh, definitely under or yeah, I think about two thousand and six. Yeah, uh, we won that game. It's a good way to start when you go to your first game and you win a game. It, it's like oh, okay, here we go. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't want to go and you get beat like five 0 or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't really got a preference where I sit in Villa Park. Um, I'd rather Holt or North Stand than Doug Ellis or um, Trinity. I like the kind of like behind the goal view. Uh, I know some people prefer like the side on view, but I can't twist my neck like that for the whole game. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I look forward to doing these as well. Uh, I'm obviously based out in uh, Dubai, so there's a whole Dubai Lions uh, group which are very welcoming, and they have um, every game there's like a pub dedicated to their to the Villa the Villa Dubai Lions and stuff. So you can always go and watch a game if you're ever in this part of the world. So yeah, and they're all Brummies as well. It's all yeah, it's all good. There you go. And for me, my story is more like out of spite than out of like some something more than that. No family ties here. I'm obviously from the States, as you can hear from my accent. But I went to college, um, a lot of international folks, a lot of kids in the Middle East, Africa, and they're always talking about, you know, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, you know, they had all their jerseys and we're always like just talking shit about it and playing FIFA and like telling me what to do. And obviously, it's just, you know, I'm a spiteful 18-year-old at that point. Like, I don't want to listen to these guys. So uh, I picked the only team that I could tell that had an American on it. That was my big thing. Big Brad, big Brad, uh, Brad Friedel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Twilight of his career, but, you know, still like a, a heady performer. And it was this was back in 2009-2010 season, so he finished sixth under O'Neal. And I kept thinking, like, oh, yeah, like... I could do this. Like these guys are pretty good, you know, they're playing well. The next season they had Michael Bradley on loan. He played a game, but I was like, Oh cool. More Americans. Like <laughs> finished in ninth, uh, you know, made it to the playoff round of the Europa league. But I kept thinking to myself like, yeah, I, I'll stick with this, bought the kit. And then from there on, it all kind of fell apart. The wheels fell off. And I was like, well, I spent money on this. So I guess I'm coming for it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of grown over the, the next few years. You know, I moved to New York City. We have a wonderful community here with New York Lions. I lived in Cleveland, Ohio for a little bit. There was a really great culture there surrounding, you know, the Prem. So, yeah, it's been sticking with Villa since. And, you know, James kind of mentioned it. You know, I've been trying to find ways to talk with people about it that aren't my, my wife. You know, God bless her. She doesn't care. So, uh Finding a Twitter community, now finding a podcast community has been great. But um, yeah, if you're ever in New York, you let us know. Obviously, we want to have you down at Legends when things are open again. But um, yeah, and just so folks know, moving on, again, we want to have someone on the show from start to finish to have the discussion through all of the news and analysis. And then we want to highlight you know, their supporter culture in their city or their country have them, you know, do their own plugs. So that's how that's going to look. So if you're interested, if you're, you know, Alliance Club chairman or you're just a lonely Villa fan in the, you know, in American Samoa or something, somewhere random that you don't have a community, 
reach out, let us know. We want to welcome you into ours and, you know, put your story out there. So hopefully you can connect with like-minded fans and also if folks are traveling through, they know they have a place to go and someone to share it with. But um, I'll let you guys, if you have anything to plug, your socials or anything like that. But yeah, I think that about does it for us. Pascal, you want to get anything you want to plug um, or share? No, uh, no, no, I was going to say, just make sure you like and subscribe. It takes two seconds to hit the button. So, you know, tune in for the next one. We'll be Absolutely. Back. By the big transfer story or match preview. Yeah, the way things are going, might not have to do that until late September. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, James. Yeah, uh, I have got something to promote actually. Um, yeah. I should have before, but I'm doing a, a big charity walk soon. Um, uh, it's 87 miles over two days. Um, it's the long, so it's the oldest road in the UK. Uh, so it's going back to Roman times. Uh, my mom was seriously ill. Uh, two years ago, uh, so it's for the charity that's assisted with um, her health. I'm doing it for them. So, well, it's on my Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll post it on my Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so the day the Sheffield United game, I probably won't be available. I'll probably be listening whilst I'm doing my work. So, uh, it'd be great if I can win that day. Yeah, we'll definitely have the link to that um, to contribute to the charity um, in the description below. But guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for you know liking, commenting, subscribing, engaging us on Twitter at um, Wit and Pod ABFC. But till next time, get in touch with us and uh, up the villa. Up the villa, man. Yeah.